um, your mom, my mom told this story about like raising kids and stuff. And I think she had me in her arm and she, you know, she couldn't. And I think your mom asked her to help with the cooking. She's like, I can't. My mom's like, I can't because I have nay. And your mom just laughed at her. And she's like, (laughs) (laughs) she's like, okay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) let me know when you figure that out, basically. And you're like, uh, Uh, It was a Sears work fan, and I sat on the tire in the back, and it had that gate separating the front of the van from the back. So almost like like, like if they're using it for for transporting uh, criminals that have, like, the gate separating Mm -hmm. the seat section. But he didn't buy a vehicle with the mindset of, I need to be able to carry all of my family. He bought a vehicle with the mindset of, I need to be able to carry out my tools. And we'll figure out the rest later. <laughs> exactly. Hello, welcome to Cuzzo Convos. I'm Cuzzo Mandy. This is Cuzzo Nate. And today we brought back a special guest. Because the first time was so good, we were like, we have to do it twice. <laughs> My brother, cousin Gavin. Yeah. Hey, y'all. Round of applause. You got the better. Round of applause. Um, for me, the first time that you were on, just in posting on social media, people were like, oh, Gavin's on? And I'm like, yeah, and that's a good one, too. <laughs> so, so I think... You boosted the energy of just people that that know our family. Are, we're excited to to have you on. Um, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're many celebrities. Like, uh, social media, like, wait, Gavin's on. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It yeah. was good to be on with y'all. Yeah, like and a he- long time coming, so. Yeah, because I think, I mean, you previously had a podcast, so everyone on here, um, our previous podcast hosts, um, you also had a talk show, but that's the point is that you've, you've done so many things and lived so much life. It's like you bring just a fun energy when you come on you're like, here are some things that I've seen in this world. Wow. I appreciate that, Amanda. It's uh yeah, it's it's fun being on with you guys. So um, and we don't really get a chance to like like do the deep dive into the family. So yeah, it's been special. Yeah. So going back to that in this additional deep dive that we're about to do, we're going to talk about our parents. Um, as you knew them and as we know them, because with that gap that we talked about before, you and I had different parents. And um, for Nathaniel's parents, as you knew them and as they act as parents, it's also a different set of people. So <laughs> we're about to get into like, who are these people in their 20s and in their teens? And how are they like completely different? shocked to hear like these are the people they are now like and you watching that transition of them as people yeah where to start (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, let's uh, talk about the oldest. And I think probably the person who's probably changed the least, if I had to guess, being father. He feels like he was that same old man with that same old man energy um, all his life. Although yesterday I had a conversation with him and he feels like, which to an extent is true, he feels like he's changed a little bit over the past five years and has become a more open person and willing to listen and blah, blah, blah. And maybe, (laughs) maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But we're about to find out by doing this full analysis that we have. Wow, Father. In some ways, I feel he's changed a lot. (laughs) In some ways, I feel he hasn't changed at all. Um, Mm. I know, thinking of him, like, in his 20s, and, like, I get a lot of information from looking at, like, old photos that he used to take Mm. and seeing, like, his friend groups. And and then also thinking of, like, okay, they had had, uh, our sister when they were 18. So doing that, then going to the army, then coming back and like all the groups he started before he left. I feel it's like, I feel like he had like a rich life. Um, Mm -hmm. So I feel like his younger days, he was probably like, that energy was probably different. Yeah. When you talk about the old pictures, I remember um, a few months ago going through pictures at their house and seeing that when he was in the military, he was in um, Asia, I think specifically Malaysia at one point, and then another Asian country. I can't remember which one it was, but I never had, I'd never seen that. And he'd never said that to me, at least. So I was like, I always knew him to be like, oh, I knew he was in Northern Ireland or Ireland at some point. But I'm like, when did you go to Malaysia? Like, that's a thing and an experience that I'm like, I feel like you should have, you should tell more of. And then he's like, yeah, well, we did this there and that there. That's where I learned to do this and that. I'm like, that never came up. You never thought there'd be a time when that would be an interesting story to tell. I'm interested to know what stories you know, because I, I thought you would have heard, because, you know, he's a talker, so he's constantly, like, telling uh, stories of his life or, mm-hmm. or things that he's learned. So I thought I heard a lot of the stories, but I know to what you're saying is still, I think, missing missing points that he might bring up if he's trying to educate us on something, not just to yeah. tell, like, his story, but just, like don't do this because I did this here. And it's like, wait, that story is way more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Tell that story? Um, Some of the stories he's told, I feel like I've just heard on repeat. So yeah. Yeah. There probably are stories he feels like he needs to tell for educational purposes, but there's little things like how, when he was a baby, he almost died or no, first he was born in a hurricane that that was that's the one I always heard um, in a major hurricane in Jamaica. So it's like little things of like maybe he was never supposed to be here, and then when he was a baby or young, he almost died. And that, believe it or not, when he was a child, he used to not talk. 
to the point that they thought something was wrong with him. <laughs> I forgot that one. Because I don't like talking either. Yeah, I feel like they said like there was a similar thing with you, but you you grew you didn't used to talk much and you were very small. So I think he grew. He never he never stops talking now. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, Oh well I had to make up for lost time. Right, but you're in your seventies. <laughs> I don't think it was that much time that you lost. <laughs> um, makes sense to him. So I say back in there. As long as it makes sense to him, I guess. Yes, he does operate with that spirit. Um, But one of the things that you did talk about were all of the things that he started when he came back to England and the groups that he kind of connected with with his um, friends, which is a lot. Like he did a lot of businesses, um, sports related clubs. So so being soccer clubs, I think martial arts clubs, um, at least maybe one more. But yeah, he did, him and his friends were like, oh, these are things that aren't really in our communities that we'd like to see. And they put that together. Or for, they were working at like a store and the store owner was leaving. They're like, well, we can buy this and, and do it ourselves. So I definitely think he had more of the hustler energy with his hustler mindset. I think father's always been a man of ideas. Yes, that's been a constant. That's been a constant. The entrepreneurial spirit's been a constant. Um, I thought that was more just him. Yeah, now that you say that, that makes more sense that it was a constant. Because at first I was like, oh, has this come about since moving to the States? Um, But he's always had that. Yeah. I think he always had it, but there were more opportunities and people to pass the baton to that made it maybe a little bit easier to execute in England. And in the States, it's been harder for him to execute things on his own. I think he had a network of friends back in the UK. They were tighter. They were all in the same community. Mm -hmm. Um, There were people with other skill sets that if he lacked... Well, yeah, and just, like, I feel he's he's probably at his best when he's working within a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when they moved to the States, it was hands on deck just to, like, stay afloat that they didn't have as much. It took him a little bit longer to get, like, settled in, especially, like, leaving, grandma, leaving grandmas, finding their own house, getting those routines set figuring out how to do that with me with uh, me and and the sister. Mm-hmm. So I think it took him a while because then remember he started working with um, Dean's and Dean's business with the with the shipping. Mm-hmm. So he still had that spirit. But um, I think the moving, it just, it it took a while to reset and then find your feet. And New York is just, it's just harder in New York. I think they already had that built-in community, not just of friends in England, but selling within the community. You move to New York, it's like starting over again. And I think, I think they had some ideas, but it was just, 
it was it was a lot. I think it was just a lot for them. And so then you talk about that reset in New York. And for me, the Dean stuff started a little bit before I was born. But I think that was also around the time that he got sick. Um, was he sick? I can never remember. Was he sick before you were born? Or was it, did it start? The time frame is a little slippery for me. Yeah, for me as well, especially because I'm like, I was young. I saw paperwork on it recently, but I didn't, I don't fully remember the dates on that. Well, well honestly, it's because they didn't tell us anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, if I didn't see the paperwork, and I won't discuss it in full, but it was, um, if I didn't see the paperwork, like I was reading the documents, there was a lot that was said flippantly, but I'm like, here are expressions of the details. So that it was interesting. We should talk later about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there was that. I think him, yeah, him getting sick was, it derailed a lot. Him renovating the house <laughs> was also a lot. Um, so, so he went from a man with like the ideas and, and energy for action to someone that was slowed down significantly and just felt like someone who like, oh, you talk a big game or you talk a lot. Literally, you talk a lot. I, I you know, I haven't been sick like that, but I know for him, it must have been really debilitating in this way because he's all like you said he's always been a man of action he has an idea and when he has the energy he can go about like execute or trying to execute or learning the steps so then he can execute it and losing his strength in you know kind of what's prime years if you're in your you know your your mid to late yeah it was like mid to late 30s yeah you know, you've been around, you've experienced enough, but you still have your strength. And I think him losing his strength and losing that control, um, especially being like old school Jamaican guy, that must have been difficult to adjust to. So I think it's only now where he might be coming on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that was like, that might have been a little bit of a hit. So I think for, to me, that's when he started investing a lot in the rest of us to say like, this is what you could be doing and this and it's going to turn out like this and da, 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 da. And especially with all of us being kids, like even you at the time, you're like a teenager, you're like, all right, okay. <laughs> like I got, I've, I've got my own things I'm trying to focus on I don't necessarily want your big plan scheme idea like just let me figure out my own stuff I think when I was younger he was like you know you can be anything you can be a soccer star if you wanted to which I'm like look I'm a soccer star but um yeah but was a switch where it's like hey I'm doing I have this idea for a business it's a family business so you're in on it 
which just means it's like, oh, now I have to do the work of something I don't want to do, where I'm trying to figure out my own thing. Yeah, um, yeah that's been, that's, that's frustrating. I feel I get it more. I don't know if that is the case. I get the physical um, aspect. You might get the, do you get the planning of, does he, because... Oh, yes, planning is put on me. Okay. <laughs> to to organize things, to call people, to the amount of times that I've tried to buy him um not just like a new clipboard, but like receipt books so that you can keep track of the work that you do and here and you know, because he likes to keep little papers of things that he's written down and I'm like, they already have these ledgers or these books that will allow you to keep it all in one place and you don't have to keep scraps of paper. It's all bound together. And I'm like, I've tried to help with the organization, but he wants me to just do it for him. And I'm like, I, he has beautiful handwriting, very clear. That was one of the things the English education system set him right. He can write very well, but I st- that still doesn't mean I understand what you're trying to express in the way that you wrote it. <laughs> just because I can read it doesn't mean it makes sense to me. Um, and so the fact that it makes sense to you is fine. You just need to keep them all in one place. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the part I think I don't know is, has that just been a gradual shift or is that how he's always been? I think with us talking about him working better in groups, it probably has always been that way. And there was just someone else to be able to keep track of those things. And that's why he wants to make a lot of things like a family business or a family project so that someone else can catch those areas that he falls short in. Um, I want to hear from from Nate as well to say, like, you've also had these talks of where he tries to instill a certain idea into you. <laughs> can you speak I, to like I remember some of those? he spoke to me for about 45 minutes about getting a pickup truck and all the fantastic benefits and stuff when I was a teenager I'm like okay I just I just got a car I'm not gonna trade it for a pickup truck so, sorry and he's just like yeah yeah you can help move and I mean to be fair he you know now that I'm older I'm like you know a pickup truck would be nice but I wasn't gonna get that as a teenager definitely not yeah especially it's not like we live in like a rural Texas area where it's like oh it's cool to have the pickup truck or it'd be more useful. You don't use it all the time, but like there are maybe like 10 instances. I'm like, you know what? I wish I had a truck or I needed a truck. For sure. Right. So 10 instances out of a year of like 365 days. You're 10 like, years. Out of oh, like 10 years. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like, it, you know, it's not like he wasn't, you know, wrong. It's just like I wasn't going to use it on a day to day. You don't use pickup trucks all that often in South Florida. So right. just use it I, just for show mostly. And I think might use it. For the amount of things he probably used to do mm-hmm. and felt like would make sense for people to do with the business that he had in mind, it was like, I would use this pickup truck every day. But I think he does that with a lot of things. So that's one of the areas now, especially with him being older, that gives me like point of concern is that he wants to keep the idea of something like I could I could use this and it's like but like you said when was the last time you used it when was the last time you did this thing did he ever have a pickup truck 
Yeah. He's had a pickup truck. He's had vans. He's he always buys vehicles with the idea of like this is a work vehicle and not just a regular vehicle because then that makes it difficult to say you're a family man with three kids. You never <laughs> you don't really have a space that would be accessible to everyone. But then he was like, "Yes, it is, and I'm going to make it." So the van he had in New York, he put a bed in the back, and they used to. When I had my like baby car seat, I feel like they clipped it to both of the seats in the front somehow. <laughs> so I would just be like, you know, not swinging too much between the two seats in the front. But really, it's like baby car seats aren't just supposed to be on the floor. <laughs> They're supposed to be strapped into a seat. It's fine. As long and as I was no car. longer a baby at that point. I was probably like three or four. But that yeah, was the you, best way to keep me locked into this, yeah. yeah, to this van. Well, you're here today, so that's all that matters, you know. <laughs> I survived. Yeah, but yeah. that, yeah, he he didn't get a a, a van or a, um, like a minivan. He they mm. they were never minivan people. But he didn't buy a vehicle with the mindset of I need to be able to carry all of my family. He bought a vehicle <laughs> with the mindset of I need to be able to carry out my tools. And we'll figure out the rest later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, it was a Sears work fan, and I sat on the tire in the back, and it had that gate separating the front of the van from the back. So almost like, uh, you know, like if someone's, uh, like like if they're using it for, for transporting uh, criminals that have, like, the gate separating mm-hmm. the section. Um, one thing about the pickup trucks, I... I think with his advice, his advice is kind of always spot on, but it's way too early <laughs> for anyone to truly appreciate. Yeah. It's like telling the five-year-old, you need to go to college. It's like, he's still playing with toys. What are you talking about? It's a little too early. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think his heart's always in the right place with it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. We spend a lot of time on father. He tends to to take energy from a room, even when he's not in it. He demands attention. So let's shift to some of the other parents. Um, let's move over to his to his brother, his younger brother, which is Daniel's dad. What do you remember of your uncle that you didn't? You never really call uncle. Because it was like you guys were both kids. Oh, you mean cool Calvin? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I don't even want to take that out because it's like, yeah, that was what he was known as. That's what he was you cool thought. He was cool. He was really cool. Um because I first met him when when we took the, our first trip when we were still living in Wolverhampton. And the first time we went to New York, I guess he was like 18 or something like that. He was just cool. I feel like maybe he was, maybe he was 18. Yeah, because he's five years older than our sister. So maybe he would have been like 16, 17. Probably 16, 17. Oh, which makes even more sense because that's like high school cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, he was really, yeah. really cool. And let's, this is 
this is New York in the early 80s, like, start of hip-hop. It's just like you walking in this young, cool cabin from the Bronx. I'm like, nothing better. I mm-hmm. I remember him telling stories about his, what he used to wear and... <sighs> You know, he, he always said he was cool or whatever the case is. I'm like, all right. You know, like people, kids always, you know, parents always say that to their kids. I mean, I'm not going to tell it to my kids because I was never that cool. But, um, <laughs> you know, I never believed it until uh, Gavin was like, yeah, he was like always dressed to the nines and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, huh, that's uh He's telling the truth, I guess. Right, but that's why it feels like such a big shift because not just your dad now, but like your dad for all my life, it was like he just very structured. Maybe that was, you know, coming from the military experience, but it was like, you know, it it felt like... He was never into the latest styles. He was mm -hmm. never... um, He was presentable. He was just never... Rocking the Jordans, their Jordans. He was never presentable. Feels like the right word. Like, like it's about showcasing yourself a certain way, not expressing yourself. Yes, that is actually a very good way to put it. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so tell us more about Cool Calvin, Gav. Um, I just think it's interesting that. Nay doesn't know Cool Calvin. Didn't know of Cool Calvin. I got some photos that we took when we were in, when we went back to uh, England. Uh, Amanda, you were there when we found those photos. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, some, there's some old, early 80s shots of Cool Cabin for you. Yeah. Um, I thought it's interesting that they both, that um, Cool Cabin followed in. So I just refer to him as Cool Cabin? Yeah, you have been. Cool. Yeah, it's fine. uh cool calvin followed in our dad's footsteps of going to the army yeah and it was two so father was in the british military and cool calvin was in the american military so i think that i think he shifted after military life i saw that shift Mm -hmm. Uh, but i think he like did your dad voluntarily go I think he went to provide to like have a plan mm. for his family and provide um because of my my sister and just kind of needing to figure things out mm-hmm. but I don't you know that wasn't the case for your dad no he was just kind of given the choice I think if I remember the story correct, he went to college for a little bit. He played Pac-Man. Um, and he never went to class. So then I think when the grades came up, grandma was crying and she said like something to the effect of like, you're going to get kicked out. You're going to go to the army, something to that effect. Um, and he chose the army and never looked back. So he didn't really have a choice. It was, it wasn't like get kicked out. It was something. I forgot what the other choice was. It was it was the army or something else? And he chose the army, but it really wasn't mm-hmm. a choice. Mm-hmm. I'm so and glad. That was the death of Cool Calvin. I wonder if Grandma present actually then presented a similar situation for our dad because it's like 
she's probably like, how are you going to take care of your child? Your pitney. Not even child. Your pitney. Mm-hmm. You should go in the military. And then that's, you know, maybe that's where he, how he ended up there. What's with Jamaican families and always like, I'm going to kick you out if you don't do this thing. Yeah. It's always like the threats. Especially like, I feel like grandma wasn't the most traditional parent, but she still was very like structured and like, here are the options. Mm -hmm. She's practical. That's what I would say. Probably practical as a parent. Like here's like, it doesn't matter what I'm over here doing. Here's what you're going to (laughs) do. Be seen and not heard. I think um, I would like to sing Grandma when she found out that. Why? How do I say this? That, that she's going to be your grandmother. Having, yeah, yeah. I've heard stories. Um, <laughs> I've heard stories. She wasn't the the nicest. <laughs> I mean, yeah, mother. that's yeah, yeah. I would, yeah, <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> 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 I could just imagine saying, oh my gosh. Yeah, literally what you say. Like, oh my gosh, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Uh yeah, she probably was not the nicest. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to cool Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and then yeah, so I was wondering if he kind of went into the army following, like, purposefully mm-hmm. following in Dad's footsteps. Um, but... Good question. Yeah. But I heard, you know, when you went to Germany and, you know, I think he bought a car there. Mm-hmm. I think he was having a good time in the army up there. But all that was, like, before, you know, meet, meeting Dawn. I think that was like the huge shift. I so, still think he was playing the cool Calvin. I think he was like military, like there was a little bit more strictness, but I still think he thought, I, th- I think he probably was pretty fly. Yeah, he said that he was still partying and dancing on speakers, whatever that means. And um, literal, <laughs> I feel like it was literal. <laughs> Well, but he took such he takes such pride in it, and I'm like, I don't understand the relevance to it, but okay. Um, but yeah, he, uh, yeah, yeah, I've heard stories. I never really believed him because, like, he seemed like he was like a little bit of a party animal. I'm like, all right, bro, sure. So well, then, he was. He was. I would, I would ask this then, Nay, who do you feel like? Of you, you and your siblings is most like cool Calvin, and then who do you feel like of your siblings is most like your dad now? Because if it sounds like a very different person, I feel like it would be two different people amongst you guys. That is actually a really good question. I think cool Calvin would be Joel. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know actually. I don't think it'd be between Jordan and Joel because they definitely care about their style. Joel more so for sure. Joel definitely cares about his style and he's definitely cool. But as far as personality wise, I think Jordan would probably embody cool Calvin. 
definitely. Um, he's just, uh, I mean, from what I can tell from the stories, he just seems like he would be cool Calvin. Like, slip very easily into cool Calvin. <laughs> now, um, it's probably me. Um, and my sister is my mom. She doesn't like hearing that, but she is. <laughs> so we can get more into that when we get into Auntie Dawn. All right, so what are things now, uh, especially Gavin, that you see about not cool Calvin, just just Calvin? That is like, I mean, I, I know Wait. what the major one is. I know what the major one is, but. What's, what's the major one? You say it. This strong religious hole <laughs> that is on him that um, uh, makes him super conservative. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. You said it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard. <laughs> uh, but it's like kind of a, it's similar with. With our dad, but just not as strong. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the I think the part that bothers me the most is that I can't have a conversation with him without it being a religious conversation. I'm just like, I can't. It's not going to happen. So I'm like, do we have anything to talk about? Because you're controlling the conversation every time. I don't want to talk about that. So it's almost like hard to have a relationship when you can't have a different kind of conversation. Because mm-hmm. um, there's still aspects of, of like, I wouldn't even say cool Calvin, just fun Calvin. Um, I, lo- I love his competitive side. Yes, that's still a thing. Yeah, that's still a thing. Um, In a way that sometimes makes sense and it doesn't make sense because, like, you're going to lose at this. (laughs) Old man, you're going to lose. But I'm just like, I love, it's just, like, still there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's always fun. Um, Yeah, it's just like, I don't know. Is it, I thought it was an old thing. Like, you get older and you get religious. But I'm like, I'm getting old now. I'm still not. not coming um maybe it will i feel like all of our family members have this like story of a shift because for grandma it didn't happen until she after she was a grandma so it was probably you know later like older than what you are now yeah maybe that's why she was so mad when she became a grandmother she's like my life have to change Right, but apparently it didn't. So <laughs> she said true to herself. I don't know yeah. if it's a generational thing. Like I think religion was more in people's lives back in that era in some ways. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think in a lot of ways, definitely. But I think like for Gavin with our parents, it wasn't until he's in his late teens going into adulthood that they're like, okay, I think we want to be Christians now. Like, I think my dad said it first and my mom was just kind of always like a, someone who had moral integrity and was maybe like seeking out like, okay, well, you know, 
what goes with this or where does this come from? Like, how do I set good morals for my life to be able to do better in life and for my children? Oh, I guess, you know, I used to find that when I was a kid in church. Let me try that again. I feel like with my dad, it probably did have something to do with him getting sick. Like maybe he was seeking out a higher power for healing or for understanding of why this was happening. Yeah, I think so. It felt very dramatic. He was, it was weird because he was like the quick burn. He got deep in it and it was such a shock. It was just like, oh my God, who is this person? And then I feel he's mellowed out now. <laughs> mm-hmm. To where mom was just like building a steady in. incline, mm-hmm. steady incline. Um, but I feel it serves her in a better way now because it keeps her consistent and going. And also, I feel there's more of a community around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, because she's able to communicate with, like, even, like, with grandma in a way through it that mm-hmm. I feel she she wouldn't have had that connection prior to. Like, I think they've gotten closer, not because of religion, but because it's, like, an avenue of communicating um, that they can, like, connect on. Okay. So yeah, let's let's talk a bit about mom. I think it's okay where in this situation we call her what Nay would call her, which is Auntie Dolly. How does everybody think about that? Yeah, I didn't know her real name until I was in my teens. It was ridiculous. My mom said her name. I was like, who's that? It's like that's your aunt. Aunt who? When did that come about? Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So let's talk about Auntie Dolly, which is a name she's had all her life because her sister gave her that name. She said when she was born, she looked like a dolly. Didn't know. I think. No, I don't know if I knew that. Okay. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. So all her life, she's been dolly. I guess my father said it. At, so I started saying it, and so then it took off like wildfire amongst everyone and you know, and the family on his side as well. That you know, her name is Dolly. Okay. It's funny. I don't even think she likes it, <laughs> but as you said, everyone knows her as that. So that makes sense. She didn't really have a choice. <laughs> There's a lot of things mom deals with that she doesn't like. <laughs> if I had to to guess amongst the four of them, I think mom is probably the person who's changed the least. Like, even though she found religion and God, Christianity, I think she's still closest to being the person that she was. Because whenever we tried to get stories about when she was young... She's like, oh, I didn't go out and party. I I didn't do that. And I didn't I, I didn't this and that. And I'm like, okay, if you say so, because your husband says he was there. So where were you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think my mom and your mom are cut of like the exact I mean they're come from the practically the same family, so but they're cut from the same cloth, hundred percent. Like mm-hmm. 
they grew up very similar. I think they have a hold a lot of the same type of values. Um, and so I wonder that they married brothers. Um, well, I mean, they live, <laughs> they live together as cousins yeah. when, um, after my mom's parents left England, she lived with your grandmother. Uh-huh. And that was like, you know, the two, two aunts that she had that like were her basis. She had two yeah. aunts in England. It's uh, it like, even to like even when she was on the other day, it's like you know, even their mannerisms and everything—they're very, very similar, mm. very, very similar. To be quite honest, I mean, I think that my mom, as far as like, not necessarily closeness of like how much they speak, but like how close they are in mannerisms and everything, I think she's closer to Auntie Dolly than her sisters, as far as. Mm. Like, how they relate. I think that that probably happened as well because of your mom having to move to America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I think so too. Like that was the main connection of home mm-hmm. that that they both had. Home being um the UK. Yeah. And I think I think um Amanda's uh is kind of like big sister. Especially to them at that point, because she she was the oldest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think she might have unconsciously set a lot of like standards of ways ways of being. Like people look up to her. And I don't think she realizes that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she looks at herself as a leader, but she um... does. In both, she is. She's such. Yeah, so that's that's a good thing to ask. Like, let's give a description of like how we would describe my mom, even if that's not a way she would see herself. With something that we always that you think about, Daniel, when um, you think of my mom, <laughs> and we can all do that. The first thing that comes to mind. Hmm. Um, I don't know. When I think of my mom, um, even though she doesn't like to do it now at all, I would definitely think about like cooking. That yeah, but that She's didn't think really that was good. like the attribute. That was the first. Well, thing one thing I've learned is a everybody's parents and mothers can cook, and b mm-hmm. um, that she really taught it to us. Like taught, mm-hmm. maybe it's not just cooking, but like presenting a meal. I have this old cookbook that we had when I was growing up and to the point that it was like so ingrained in my experience of like childhood. I was like, I need this and I need a Dutch pot and I have them now. It wasn't, these Mm. were things I was like, you know, I'd like to inherit, but she was like, you can take them now. So Mm. I have this very large cookbook that teaches you how to make like every and anything, how to set a table, how to, you know, certain mannerism stuff. And I remember that being the thing, like, at first, okay, Mandy, you're going to set the table. This is how it should look. He- here's how you fold the napkins. Of course, my sister helped with the folding the napkins part, but she liked to present a certain experience when it came to like eating meals and preparing that meal. British standards. British standards. <laughs> she upheld them them fully. Like, And I think out of all of our parents, even your mom, 
she would teach the British things, of course, because she's British. But I feel like you guys would have like meals where it was like very chill, and it's like. Yeah. If we're eating dinner, my mom is like, "Who is setting the table? Like, it's it's going to be, to to be set in a certain way, even mm-hmm. if it's a regular family meal." Mm-hmm. I think of I think of mom as like, kind of like secret undercover badass, because <laughs> she does all these like badass stuff, but then it's just like so calm and reserved not really trying to take the limelight. Granted, like mm-hmm. we said, dad is like, that black hole is severe. It just sucks everything out. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, yeah, she's really strong. I remember like the one like vivid memory I have is when she left the job. I think it was She's working at like Basco. She's doing import export, and her boss either said something inappropriate. I think he said something inappropriate to her, and she went off on him and she quit. Mm. And they ended up calling her. I think they ended up calling her back, trying to get her to come back, and she was like, "No, I'm not. You don't. You don't do that. You don't say that. You don't act that way." And it was just such a like badass move especially like in that because we were still young like me and denise were i think i was in might have been in high school and she Mm -hmm. was just like no right because i think if we're using the example of like chess i think they thought that she was a pawn and it was like no i'm i might be moving quietly but i'm i have all the moves like i am a queen i know (laughs) i can do all the things and you need me more than you think you need me yeah, yeah. Like, I put up with a lot. And she was like, I think he was, I think he was pissed at something else and he was trying to take it out on her. And she's like, no. <laughs> um, and yeah, I love that. I love that about her. And like, she worked in, she went from working in like this little spot in Queens that we got when we first moved, this little shop. To like being in the city, working in the fashion district. I just remember going up to visit her um, at her uh, job, and it was just so cool. And then like she took us to Macy's for the first time. I remember when I got to do it, like because I needed a suit for like graduation, and we went to Bonnie's. It was just like, mm. oh, mom did some cool stuff. It was just like so chill undercover. But yeah, and she was like, she controlled a lot of what she was doing work wise. And it's just like, but still like had time to be a mom at home. So I think she was like balancing a lot and like just being really subtle about it. Mm. Were you able to think of your thing, Nate? No, well, no. Cooking, I thought, was the first thing I thought of. But I was like, that's not an attribute. Um, I would agree agree with Gavin. Um, she is very rigid. I don't think I've ever really seen her angry. I've seen her talk about stories or experiences in the past, and like she would say that she did this or did that. And you know, she said, like, you know, she might have been heated in the moment, but like, I've never seen your mom angry. Mm. I I have, 
I actually know. I actually I take it back. I have seen your mom angry because she was yelling at you. Well, <laughs> I, maybe I, I bring that fuel out of her. I make her so upset. I do remember that. She's she. I can't. Uh, I can't say. She what says your name. Yeah. Well, she the way she says your name. I think when she's not. Yeah. Uh, everyone. Everyone when they're. <laughs> I want to say whenever your name. Whenever someone's imitating can't. her, right? Yeah. But whenever someone's imitating her, they say my fr- my first name, middle name. <laughs> That's what what she does when she's angry with me. It's first name, middle name. It's like Mandy, Mandy. It's like different <laughs> tones, different emphasis, and different letters. I feel like oh. <laughs> I'm like, what did I do now? <laughs> like, I can't get first name, middle name without being like, I didn't even do anything. So, yeah. Usually people get like the different days, but I think she could just say your name in inflection. Just, you just mm-hmm. your first. Day. I think it's very interesting. Like sometimes parents get the little eyebrows. Like my mom just gives a look sometimes. <laughs> she doesn't have to say stuff, too much stuff. She actually is very very chill, and then she'll she'll like give a look. I'm like, nope. All right, not crossing that line. Um, yeah so I want to wrap up or maybe we don't fully have to wrap up but like give a little bit more on my mom so then we can transition over Mm -hmm. into Nate's mom I would um, agree that my mom is a secret badass because a lot of what I feel like we have that bonds us together as a family was because of her leadership and her saying like Regardless of if my father was going to comply, she's like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> um, and she would give him a lot of acknowledgement as like the head of the family, heavy with the quotation marks, <laughs> but especially for, you know, just in him being a man like that, especially as she became a Christian, it was like, okay, I want, I would ask something and she would say, ask your dad. And then I asked him and he says, ask your mom. And to me, it's like, I already knew she was going to be the final answer. I don't understand why we had to go through this dance of asking him just so that he could present like he had something to do with it when you were going to be the one to decide anyway. I think that's the, I think that's the influence of, of uh, Christianity. I think those of <laughs> Because I don't think she was that way before. I think she had more of a a firm stance mm. where, and that's that's the problem I have with it. These are the shifts I've seen in them. I'm like, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. You're losing part of who you are. Mm. Um, and it's shifting you and it's changing you. So, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Because for me, it's like she was, you know, with my dad being sick, um, his the type of work that he did, he wasn't able to do anymore. So she was the breadwinner. And there was a period of time when my dad was like the primary parent and us moving to Georgia. He was the one that was here. But as soon as she was back, it was like she's the breadwinner and she's still like taking back those those mom roles of like reading with me at night and, you know, um, cooking dinner, making sure like we have that structure. Like it was never like 
she wasn't parenting as well, just because my dad was also a hands-on parent. She was still the mother. She still created that like nurturing environment, but then she was making so many um, decisions or just like structure for the household because she was the one that was able to to work a full time job. Yeah. So wearing all the hats. But then still having to defer to him mm-hmm. in certain ways, which I thought didn't really make sense. Um, yeah, I think some of that, I personally think some of that partnership kind of got disrupted there. Like, mm-hmm. I think if I'm, I think what I've learned is if I'm, in a marriage, it's like realizing there might be certain periods where roles will have to switch depending on what roles you set. But it's like, oh, this isn't working. How do we adjust uh-huh. to make the partnership work better and be more effective? Right. And not like that meaning we've lost respect for each other because the reality is like with their situation, it wasn't something that was within their control. Yeah. I think that they did a decent job of it with those shifts, though, because I've seen things with other people that I know in their marriages where it's like when the man does have to take a backseat, whether it's because of financials or whatever, they fight uh, along the way. And I'm like, but that doesn't help the overall structure of the family like you still have to figure Mm -hmm. stuff out it doesn't make sense to fight with your spouse because you're not able to do what you used to do especially if it's not their fault um I didn't see that as much when I was younger when I feel like it initially happened I feel like now it's you know a little bit weird but that's also like other changes they're going through as I like to say, they're senior citizens. So being just like older people, I think he's just fighting a lot of the reality of his age. He doesn't want to admit that he's older and deteriorating. And he's like, well, you can't tell me this or that or the other. Like, I'm going to live forever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, the reason why I chuckled at that is because that is 100% your dad. Like, your dad... I remember you remember you how old did he said he he's going he to live? wants to live to 140. We he and I literally had this conversation yesterday but where he was expressing things that he's not feeling well in his body mm-hmm. that he's like, "Oh, I, yeah, I've noticed I've gotten smaller and this that and the other." And I'm like, "We've been trying to tell you that." <laughs> and according to him he was like, "Well, you you didn't communicate it right because I didn't hear it." I was like, "You didn't want to hear it. It wasn't from our lack of being able to communicate it effectively, you didn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that your energy is low and your body is changing, the fact that you don't even want to admit that comes with older age because you're getting older, you're just like, no, it's happening, but you know, I, it has nothing to do with that. I can do something about it mm-hmm. because I'm only halfway through my life. I'm like, after I, I literally said, after 65, I think the, the most you're trying to do is maintain what the level of health that you already have because everything is trying to decline. So your goal is to maintain. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you don't want to acknowledge that there's a decline happening. <laughs> I don't I don't know how to help you. 
Yeah, he is like a lot of people in our family, I would say, is stubborn. So mm-hmm. that's what it is. I think it's beyond stubborn at some point. I think that's part of it, but then it's there's a reality check that has to be want to happen. Otherwise, you're just living in, like, you're not really being present with not just where you are as an individual, but where we are as a community. Mm. Because if you're not even planning for a possibility of not living to 140 (laughs) and what that might look like for everyone else around you who's trying to, like, make adjustments it's just gonna be it's like how do you do that how how are we able to live in two worlds yeah like we have to live in your world your creative world the actual world mm-hmm. but know? again father sucking up the conversation we have to talk about auntie don that's what <laughs> suck up the conversation all of it <laughs> So what do you remember? Did you ever call her auntie, Gavin? Again, it's very hard when when you have these these young. Um, aunts. No, was it just no? Because it was more. I can't remember now. It feels like so long ago. It was just Dawn. Okay. It was so separate because mm. our our father's uh, sister Dawn was in New York. Or America, and your and nay, your mom was in England, so I could do separate dawns. So, you know, I just thought, of, yeah, it didn't make sense for you to call her aunt because she wasn't your aunt. No, she was your cousin. So yeah, you never had to call her auntie because the only reason you call would have called her auntie is because she married Cool Calvin. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like dawn. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But someone's like, yeah, it was just like, oh, the cuz. And when I was living in England, um, I went to Wolverhampton. We would hang out. It would, so it, it sh- that relationship kind of shifted once she married Cool Cow. Because then it's like, oh, wait, you're. It was weird. It was. It's still kind of weird because I knew them both separately, and it's like, but you're already family in my head. I'm like, yeah. you're already related through me. <laughs> I you mean, <laughs> you and our sister saw the the makings of the relationship like in real time. Real time. Real time. I think we. I think that summer when they were both in New York, we all went to Manhattan together. We went somewhere. We did like some family like day out trip and they were hanging out. It's like, we're all hanging out, but it's just like, oh, it's just family hanging out. And they're like courting each other. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's sweet. (laughs) <laughs> you had the the moments of being in England and remembering her in England and then she gets married to cool Calvin. I remember the wedding. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. 
I remember because they played a De La Soul song from the first album, Three Feet High and Rising. I remember dancing to it on the dance floor at the wedding. Which is so interesting because with Nathaniel, his wedding, music is one of the main things that he's like, oh, I can't, you know, I want to play this, but I can't play this. And da, 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 da. And you're saying at their wedding, they, they had, you know, the new popular music that they were able to play and everyone was dancing and having a good time. I don't know if everyone was dancing. It was towards the end of the night. Okay. And I'm sure it was a DJ who played it, but I thought it was really cool because he played that song and that album had probably just, had it just come out? It was something, because I remember buying that album when I was in school in in England. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they played it at the wedding, I thought was like really cool. I think they played it before I bought it, Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. But it was, a, it was a cool wedding. So they got married. They didn't live in America at that time. Do you remember no. when they kind of made that shift back over to America? Uh, but specifically, you know, talking about Auntie Dawn. It's her section now. <laughs> um, do I remember that shift? I remember... Like them trying to work on the paperwork to move. I think that took a little time to like get set. I can't remember if they first moved to, was it, did they first move to Florida? I think they first moved. They were in California is where um, Jordan lived. Yeah, they were in California and then they went to Seattle. Because I remember going up to Seattle with mom. It was was either Seattle or... Washington State. um, Yeah, Washington. Yeah, it was Washington State. Because I remember it raining, and we went to see them on a army base. So by then, she's a mom now. Like, she's a mom with two kids. She was a mom before she left Europe, I think. Yeah. So that's what I'm asking, Gavin. Like, what, what did you see of her becoming, like, a young, new mom? Um... I honestly can't even remember that time. I remember because <laughs> I was so young. Um, it was just this. Um, I don't even think it was so much like watching her. It was like more so thinking of like you guys, like both of you being like really young kids, and it's just this like next generation of youngsters as I'm like turning into a teen so I'm I'm also very like introspective into like being a weird teen (laughs) while these kids are running so it was more like these shifting relationships with how I'm viewing like the adults and now they're becoming like parents which is its own like slight shift Mm -hmm. in like importance because when you're, you know, when you're single or even be like just married, it's still about you. But then once you have a kid, it's like, oh, that energy just gets shifted onto the kids. So you're seeing them like shift to being like really attentive. And I don't know, it was those times are always like interesting because everything is shifting, like you guys being around, like these babies, them, and then it's like me growing. It's. I don't know. I don't know if that's an answer. It's an answer that makes sense. Because for me, she's always been Auntie Dawn. They got married 
before I was born and um, Nate and I are only a few months apart. So I feel like the image I have of her now is the same image I've always had as my aunt and, you know, someone that like when my parents would leave me in Florida, like she's one of the people that like care for me and we're like, she has all of us as the kids and I remember when she was like pregnant with Joel and I felt like, oh, I have to help her a lot because she's got the baby and I'll watch, you know, Danny and make sure she doesn't get into blah, blah, blah or whatever. And I'll make sure us kids are together because I want you to be okay when you have the baby. So I always remember her as just like the auntie that like cared for the kids. Like did she would do a lot, I feel like, with us and for us. Like she, whenever I was in Florida... And my parents weren't there. Like, she was the main person that I remember spending a lot of time with and getting care for. I would sleep at your guys' house, like, all the time. And I I was supposed to be with Grandma. (laughs) I think that was the the shift. It's just, like, her becoming an attentive parent as opposed to just knowing her as an individual. And she was, like, really fun. And um, she's funny. Your mom's like funny and she has like mm-hmm. a great laugh and smile and, and yeah. And then she just became, she became a mom and she, I, I wouldn't say she lost that, but it's just like the energy went into like raising kids. So. Yeah. But I do agree with you. Like, I feel like out of all of the parents, she's um, especially like, Daniel's parents, she's definitely the one I'm closest with because I felt like I could have more just like a real regular conversation and she still wouldn't make everything like, she can't tell a joke if it's not a Christian joke or whatever. Yeah. Like it would just be like, you're a person. Yeah, you're a person. <laughs> or um, even if we were listening to gospel music, which we were in the car, but she would listen to like Fred Hammond. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I would go to this concert and she would still just kind of rock out like she was, like, it was a regular song as opposed to just, like, you know, a Christian song because Fred Hammond was a little bit more R&B for back in the day. Um, she still was able to, I give a balance of just, like, fun to things despite it just being Christianity overall. I, I think with the family from England, they were always in the church, so they could have a personality in the church. I think the latecomers... I don't know if it's because they felt they were late, so they had to be like 100% gung-ho into it, but they lost some of their identity mm-hmm. to go into the church. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where Dawn has like... Dawn's always been Dawn. Yeah. Um, so it's still there. Um, I think with some of the other family members, it's like, are you the same, <laughs> are you the same person or are you someone different? Who took you? <laughs> invasion of the body snatchers <laughs> for real for real <laughs> at first not to go back to pops but that first couple of years was times me and my sister D would literally look at each other like who are these people like oh. concerned concerned who are these people who took our mm-hmm. parents mm-hmm. well I feel like we we did a lot (laughs) in in this conversation. Again, whenever you're on, brother, it's like, we're just going to talk fluid, nonstop. 
we posed the questions. We tried to keep it on track, but it was just, you know, easy conversation all the way through. So it's good having you again. Appreciate it. Hope it hope it works. <laughs> We're able to make it work. Yeah. Uh, good seeing you, Nay. Likewise, likewise. So before we close out, any last minute things we want to share about these parents that we have, like last minute gems to drop about them? I had uh, um, you talking about your mom being the leader. Um, your mom, my mom told this story about like raising kids and stuff. And I think she had me in her arm and she, you know, she couldn't. And I think your mom asked her to help with the cooking. She's like, I can't. My mom's like, I can't because I have Nay. And your mom just laughed at her. And she's like, She's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me know when you figure that out, basically. And, like, uh, <laughs> and she kind of changed her perception about like motherhood and stuff. But like, you know, you just gotta kind of get it done. So I I I think that's a very cool story. It's it is cool. It's also funny. Like that's definitely Bob say. Like yeah, you're gonna be wearing all the hats, though. <laughs> that's, that's craziness. <laughs> that's fun. Um, the story I would like to share about um, cool Calvin when he wasn't cool anymore is one of the times you guys came to visit. I feel like I may have told it on the podcast before, but I can't remember. Um, and we were watch. We were. I don't even think we watched. We were in the. Basically, he called me a witch, and I never forgot it. He called me a witch because I told my mom I did my homework and I hadn't done it, and he was like, "That's you know, lying and witchcraft and yeah. something, something." And I was just like, "This man is doing the most. Like it's homework. What part? I didn't." Double, double toil and trouble. Any of this? How could you call it witchcraft? <laughs> that's what it says. It said the Bible says something about. I can't remember the exact words. But something about like lying is comparison to witchcraft. And blah 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 blah. So right, that's but about. I think that's the thing Gavin talking about, like the extremism of yeah. it, where it's not just like you're lying. Lying is a sin. Don't do that. It was the fact that he said I was doing witchcraft that I was like, you doing the most <laughs> in my life, in my young mind. I'm like, yeah. that's not what happened here, <laughs> but okay. Yeah, yeah. Turned a life lesson into a very memorable story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I still lied after that, but I was thinking about, oh, watch out. I'm performing witchcraft. <laughs> um i think for father i would it wouldn't be a specific story i would just give a warning to you know whomever may come across him you will be trapped in conversation um i used to save people i would give them a look say like let me know when you don't want to be there anymore but so many of my friends are just like, oh, your dad's so smart and cool. I'm like, I'm going to leave you to it then. Like, if you think that's where you want to be, I'm not going to save any more people. When Brittany was meeting your parents and, and, I, and me and me and Mandy both warned her, like, you know, your dad talks a lot. And then after we left, she's like, oh, my God, I don't know what you're talking about. Your, your uncle's so nice and he doesn't talk that much. All right. <laughs> just like, 
we emphasized as soon as we came in, like, we have somewhere to be after this. We are not staying for a long time. So yeah, Brittany got a, a very short version. Plus, I think he was distracted by the TV. Yes, I understand at some point. Melissa understood. I told Melissa, it took a while, but once she got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and especially now that uh, he believes Melissa to be like his best friend and true confidant, we will all be together at the table and he will literally only talk to Melissa and turn his back to the rest of us to emphasize, I'm only talking to Melissa. <laughs> the rest of you aren't even here. <laughs> Oh, that's dope. <laughs> uh, they can talk garden together. We can go they can go on about the garden stuff for a while. Alright, final thoughts on Auntie Dom. She's not new to this, she's true to this. <laughs> humor definitely. I think all her her humor, if anything, never stuck she, I never learned anything from my mother. It would definitely be the humor for sure. And the ability to laugh at yourself. She definitely took that to heart. Mm-hmm. Definitely made fun of yeah. us a lot, but now I can laugh at myself. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. She was definitely one of those parents, and I see with a lot of millennial parents now. But she started off laughing at your kids in their face. <laughs> she did, that. bro. Bro, it made me so not sensitive. <laughs> Man. The, the bad thing is that she went out her way sometimes. Just went out her way just to be like, hey, I'm going to make fun of you today. It was fun, though. It was good times. It was, it's definitely good times. Definitely had our our sense of humor today. So I don't regret it. Okay. So this is good. If you guys have, like, questions or comments about our parents that you guys would like to share, you can do that on our social medias. Cool which Calvin. are Cuzzo Convos. Right. <laughs> you like, cool Calvin. Hashtag cool Calvin. Uh, <laughs> on our social medias, at Cuzzo Convos on Instagram and Twitter. You can also send in your thoughts at CuzzoConvos at gmail.com. Please be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast so that you know when we drop a new episode. Okay, this ends Cuzzle Convos. We thank you for joining our family and we'll see you next time. Hello, cousin.